It's great to have you here this morning. It's great to celebrate the Father. And you'll have no greater Father than the Heavenly Father. The one that will never let you down. The one that will never... Whatever you think of, of a human father, whatever we try and do, we're going to let people down, we're going to hurt people. The one that will never hurt you. The one who has got the best right for you. Yes, you. Oh, not me. He's got the very best for you. I want us to, I suppose on Father's Day, the normal go-to passages possibly, we'd go to the prodigal son. We're not going there today. But I, I want us to try and catch something of the Father's heart. I think for us to keep loving God and loving people and to move forward where we want to go, we have to understand the Father heart of God. We need to understand the Father heart of God. Who is he? What is he about? You see, when our theology is passed, it all comes down to how you've loved God and how you've loved people. When you've had a discussion or some people have a discussion about theology, on your deathbed, you're not going to be worried about if you scored more points or your theology was better than mine. You're going to be worried about or thinking about how much I loved you or whoever loved you. God always loves us, whatever's happening, good or bad, amen. It's an unconditional love that we don't deserve but he still gives it us. I want us to just go to a few passages today. I want to do something different today. I'm going to use a bit of Max Licardo's book, A Love Worth Giving. And he's got some phrases about love. And this is, and I'm going to read these phrases backed up with scripture because I want us to understand the Father heart of God. If we understand the Father heart of God, everything's different. Everything's different. So there's loads of scriptures I'm going to put out today. 2 Corinthians 6.18 says this, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters. You know what, God, the only thing that he ever wanted was a family. A family to call his own. He said, I've called you my sons and daughters. There's no greater honor or greater father that you can have in your life and I've got a great earthly father and and some of you have and some of you haven't but my earthly father doesn't compare anything to the heavenly father all he ever wanted was a family and if you know him you are in his family amen and family are weird aren't they take a look at somebody next year family are weird look at the person family are weird. we're family if nobody's weird in your family, you're the weird one. Just so we're clear, if you think there's nobody weird in your family, you are the weird one. Because there's always one. But that's okay. There's nobody weird or quirky in this church. We're a perfect family. Forgive me, Lord. I say that because you haven't got a pastor that's perfect, you know. We have a pastor that struggles to find his clothes in the morning, let alone be perfect. A little bit more organised than that. But he, all he ever wanted was a family. Let's go to this verse, because I want to keep moving forward. Jeremiah 31.3 says this. It's a little bit on. I have loved you with an everlasting love, 
have drawn you with loving kindness. I have loved you with an everlasting love. If you've got kids, what can they, what can they do to stop you loving them? And I think some of the things I put my mum and dad through, while my brother put them through. Vince is smiling. <laughs> but they never, you never stop loving your kids, do you? You might not like what they do. Might not appreciate. Maybe you've got to put them out for a while. Maybe you've got to put them on the wall. Maybe you've got to have a stern word. Maybe you've got to pay their bills. Be their bank. Deal with that thing at college or school or work for them. And you think it never ends. But there's no thing or nothing that they will do that will stop you loving them. When my boys get older... I'll drive wherever if I have to pick him up. Me and Jen have a different view on that, but that's not saying she doesn't love him anymore. I remember there's times, I used to live in Loughborough, which is three and a half hours away from London. And I remember I went to London and I missed the train home. And I didn't even live at home. And I rang my dad. And it was, I don't know, it was like three in the morning. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, Hello. What do you want? You know it's three in the morning. Uh, yeah, I know it's three in the morning. Um, I'm stuck in London. And there was no shouting down the phone. There was no telling me off. He said, right, it's going to take me three and a half hours. This is where you need to go to and this is where I'm going to meet you. And he drove. Three and a half hours. I got in the car and I was with a girl who he didn't particularly like at the time. And you know, I've had, I had lectures about this girl, and I had, she wasn't the girl for me. And he was right, because the girl for me is sitting right at the back, even though she didn't give me chocolates earlier. <laughs> but I'm over it. And this girl wasn't for me, and he'd be telling me, and my mum would be telling me, and I'd be like, do you know what, I, I live away from home. Surely I can date who I'd like to date. Well, you can, but she's not right for you, and... So I had gone to London to Hyde Park with this girl. It's three in the morning. So I can't stay anywhere. You know, I'm not going to get a hotel room with this girl. Definitely not. Definitely not. And so he's giving me a hard time about this girl. Get in the car. He loves her like she's his own daughter. Doesn't give her a hard time. Doesn't give me a hard time. Just wants to take us home and make us safe. Drops the girl off. And I think, oh boy, I'm in for it now. Three and a half hours of silence. We've dropped this girl home. Now she's super safe. Now I'm going to get it. It's like six o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I am definitely going to get it now. And sometimes I'm going to teach this to my kids. Sometimes just take the medicine, just, just take the punishment. And I'm waiting. And not once did he tell me off. Not once did he fall out with me. Not once has he ever mentioned it again. That's what a loving father does. This is how God works. He's unconditional in his love for us. He wants us to be safe. He wants to protect us. It says there in Jeremiah 31, verse 3, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. Let's go to this verse here. Psalm 103, 
quite a big chapter I'm going to read here. But you see, people have a concept, and if you've got an understanding that God is wanting to tell you off, if you've got an understanding that God wants to whack you with a stick and put you into line, you have got the wrong understanding of Father God. That is not the Father heart of God. Let me read Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, O my soul. In my innermost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with a love and compassion. This is his love for you. Who satisfies your desires with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord works Righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbour his anger forever. He does treat us as our sins deserve. He will not treat us as our sins deserve, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him, as far as the east is from the west. As far as you removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we were dust. As for a man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone. And its place remembers no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. And his righteousness with their children's children. Those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all the heavenly host, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everyone in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. May God add his blessing unto his word. Amen. See, I, I, I take that passage that he is not quick to beat you up. He's not quick to tell you that you're wrong. He's not quick to... He could be. He has every right to. But he says, that isn't who I am. Slow to anger. Quick to build up. Quick to encourage. So much we can learn from the Heavenly Father. And what I'm showing you those in those verses, and I'm going to show you some more verses now, this is the... The Father heart of God. If we are going to love God and love people and love our city and love our streets, we have to understand the Father heart of God. What does that mean? It means it's going to cost. It means it's going to go against our understanding to love. I want to... I want you just to, as I read these things by Max Licardo, ask the Holy Spirit what he's saying. If he says something to you, write it down. So I'm going to go right there because I believe the Lord can speak to me. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to your inner man, your inner woman. You know your soul, man or woman? The core of who you are? Not here, not here, right in the gut of who you are. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. 1 John 4, 19 says this, we love because he first loved us. And you'll see how this goes. I'm going to read a scripture and I'm going to read what Max Licardo writes. And why am I reading Max Licardo stuff? Because he puts it better than me. I'm not owning this, this isn't mine, it's his. 
Hopefully the Holy Spirit will speak through it. God loves you personally, powerfully, passionately. Others have promised and failed, but God has promised and succeeded. He loves you with an unfailing love. And his love, if you will let it, can fill you and leave you with a love worth giving. God has spoken that. Do something with it. Write it down. You can come and get these quotes off me again, these things that he says. Next thing I want to say, we hear this in 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient. Patience is the red carpet upon which God's grace approaches us. Interesting thoughts. But this is to understand the Father heart of God. The stuff I'm telling you is about the Father heart of God. If we get this right in the core of who we are, things are different. The way we see things is different. The way we do life is different. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4, and, and over the next number of months, I'm going to do another series on love. Understanding God's love and, and love for others. But it says this in 1 Corinthians 13, 4, love is kind. The kindness of Jesus. We are quick to think of his power, his passion and his devotion. But those know him, knew and know God comes cloaked in kindness. Surprises me how many Christians, God followers are not kind. He wants you to be kind. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 goes on to say this. Love does not envy. God offers authentic love. His devotion is the real deal. But he won't give, it, but he won't give you the genuine until you surrender the, the imitations in your life. We can be so false, can't we? We can be trying to be something else. He wants to be truly loved and he wants to see the true you. In fact, he does see the true you. You can't hide it from him. And he still says you're lovable. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love does not boast. It is not proud. You know, I know this verse. We read it at weddings, but it's so important, not just for weddings. So our everyday life. That's what love does. It puts the beloved before itself. Your soul was more important, listen to this, your soul was more important than his blood. Your eternal life was more important than his earthly life. Your place in heaven was more important to him than his place in heaven. So he gave up his so you could have yours. Powerful. 1 Corinthians 13, 5 says this, love is not rude. We should have competitions in being kind, in loving each other. No, you go first. No, you go first. You, no, let me do this for you. Let me. I don't know. In reality, that's hard to do that. But if we live that way, we'd fall out less. We'd go about the Father's business. Even I was looking there because I thought it was on the wall. Go about the Father's business even more. Love is not rude. I'm not just talking about your spouse. It surprises me how many times, and I'm not trying to come off my nose because if I do, I'm in trouble. How many times in, in loving relationships, apparently, people are rude. Rude to each other. 
I don't believe God has called us to be rude to each other. Love is not rude, and this is what Max Lacoda writes. Jesus always knocks before entering. He doesn't have to. If you know Jesus, he owns your heart. If anyone has the right to barge in, Christ does. Hear this, but he doesn't. That gentle tap you hear is Christ. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And when you answer, he waits your invitation to cross the threshold. He's a gentleman. He doesn't barge his way into our lives. He's waiting for you to meet with him, to be intimate. I think we can be rude to God in the way that we act, in the way that our attitudes are. But I think we're rude to God sometimes how, how we do our quiet times or our reverence to him. What I mean by that? We can make time for everything else. Anything else we want to make time for in our lives, we can make time for. But when it comes to God, all of a sudden we get too busy. And then what happens is, we realise we've not had a quiet time with the Lord, or we haven't spoke to the Lord today, and we rush into his presence. Lord, I know it's 10.38 and I'm getting ready for bed. Forgive me. Thanks for keeping me safe and, and uh, bless me, family. See you in the morning. Good night. That's rude. There's nothing more that annoys me that if you are coming to see me at church, that you are late. And I know some things happen. But it's rude. You wouldn't be late for something. Would you be late for the King of Kings, your appointment with the King of Kings? Now, I know some of you are late. That's the nature of you who are. And I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about in the intimacy, in our quiet time, we can't rush into the presence of God and expect him to show up. Here I am. I know, I know you've been waiting for me all day. But anyway, here I am. So can I just tell you about this? And can you fix this? And can you do that? And, and I feel God's like saying, what are you doing? I've waited all day for you. So you're going to wait for me now. We've all done this. And I do some believe, sometimes believe it is the provision of God. But you know, you've driven around the car park at the... At the supermarket eight times Lord would you get me a space Lord would you get me a space Lord would you get me a space and he will because he wants to bless you but if that is the quality of your prayer life that's rude he wants you to be intimate he wants you to have relationship with him he wants you to make time he doesn't want you to be rude are you understanding what I'm saying this morning can't rush into the presence of God. Lost where we am. One Corinthians thirteen four to five says this: Love is not self-seeking. Go on to write. Get yourself out of your eye by getting your eye off yourself. Quit starting that little self and focus on your great saviour. It can all be always about us. 
1 Corinthians 13, 4-5, love is not easily angered. God will load your world with flowers. Hand deliver a bouquet to your door every day. Open it, take them. And when rejection comes, you won't be left short, paddled. Every day, God's turning up with something new for you. Something beautiful for you. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-5, love keeps no record of wrongs. We're bad at this, aren't we? Not just in our spouse relationships, but when we argue in our relationships, we, we, we want to score points. We bring up that thing from last week. Or what happened this morning. Or And yes, that stuff needs to be dealt with, but love has no record of wrongs. If you keep throwing it in somebody's face, you've got no chance of moving forward. You've got no chance of growing. This is what Max Licardo writes on this. Today's thoughts are tomorrow's actions. Today's jealousy is tomorrow's temper tantrum. Today's bigotry is tomorrow's hate crime. Today's anger is tomorrow's abuse. Today's lust is tomorrow's adultery. Today's greed is tomorrow's embezzlement. Today's guilt is tomorrow's fear. Interesting the stuff that he writes. 1 Corinthians 13, 6, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It isn't good to know that even when we don't love with a perfect love, isn't it, sorry, let me start again. Isn't it good to know that even when we don't love with a perfect love, he does? We don't always love with a perfect love, do we? But he always loves with a perfect love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I want you to understand this isn't just about a wife, a partner, a this is all relationships. This is the Father heart of God that we've got to get into us. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This is what Max Licardo writes. How long must I put up with you? Jesus' actions answers his own question. Until the rooster sings and the sweat stings and the mallet rings and the hillside of demons smirk at a dying God how long? Long enough for every sin to soak my sinless souls, to soak my sinless souls that heaven will turn in horror until my swollen lips pronounce the final transaction. It is finished. How long? Jesus says, until it kills me. That's his love for us. How long does this go on? How long will I take that until it kills me? One Corinthians thirteen six to seven. Love always protects. Love always protects. We hide, he seeks. We bring sin, he brings sacrifice. We try fig leaves, he brings the robe of righteousness, and we are left to sing the song of the prophet. He has covered me with clothes of salvation and wrapped me with a coat of goodness, like a bridegroom dressed. For his wedding, like a bride dressed in her jewels. 
I'm not elaborating much on these things. I just want the Holy Spirit just to speak through these phrases. I just want you to think. This is the Father heart of God speaking over your life on a daily basis. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7, love believes all things. When you speak the truth, listen to this, when you speak the truth, you are God's ambassador. As you steward the money he gives, you are his business manager. When you declare forgiveness, you are his priest. As you stir the healing of the body or the soul, you are his physician. When you pray, he listens to you as a father listens to a son. You have a voice in the household of God. He has given you his ring. The ring, the seal of approval. One Corinthians thirteen seven. Love always hopes. Max Licardo writes this: Hope is an olive leaf, evidence of dry land after a flood, proof to the dreamer that dreaming is worth the risk. <laughs> I don't know if the Holy Spirit is saying something to you this morning. Maybe one of those phrases has stuck with you. This is Father God. This is the Father heart of God speaking over your life. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7. Love endures all things. At any step along the way, he could have called it quits. When he saw the dirt floor of his Nazareth house, when Joseph gave him a chore to do, when his fellow students were dozing off during the reading of the Torah, his Torah, when the neighbour took his name in vain, when the lazy farmer blamed his poor crop on God. At any point, Jesus could have said, that's it, that's enough, I'm going home. But he didn't. He didn't because he is love. 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Love never fails. Love never fails. Listen to this. God loves you simply because he has chosen to do so. He loves you when you don't feel lovely. He loves you when no one else loves you. Others may abandon you, divorce you and ignore you. But God will love you always, no matter what. No matter what, God will always love you. I'd encourage you, it's probably worth getting Max Licardo's book, A Love Worth Giving. Because I want to transition us to the Father heart of God as a church. I want us to understand what that means to walk there on a daily basis. Maybe you could just take a few moments. That's the Holy Spirit. Has he said something to you? A little bit different from normally how I preach. Because I, I want to just use those words of affirmation and confirmation over your life. Maybe you've not heard some of those things. But the Heavenly Father is saying them over you on a daily basis are doing those things on a daily basis. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning? Just take a few moments. And you know what I'm going to say next. If he's saying something, do something about it. Maybe you need to re-listen to some of those words that I've said. 
And if you want to know any of those sections again, uh, you know, in fact, what I'll do to help you this week, I will type up what I've just said from Max Licardo so you can have it and you can look over it. What's the Holy Spirit saying? I want to show you something now. This is, a, this is an old thing, but nothing has changed from this video. This is the Father's love letter to you. If you know him or don't know him, this is the Father's love letter to you, all based on scripture. And this hasn't changed how he feels about you. When you feel terrible today, when you sin tomorrow, God's love for you never, 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 never changes. But if you don't know him this morning, he wants to know you. He already knows you, but he wants you to know him. He wants to be in relationship with you. Because he's got a love that's worth giving. Thank you, Sean. Let's just watch this. Words aren't important. Just listen to the words. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I'm familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered. For you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake. For all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you, simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand. I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you. For you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul. And I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine for I am your greatest encourager. 
I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son Jesus. For in Jesus my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I love that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me. And nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Love, your dad, Almighty God. I want to finish here that that isn't just about if you don't know him. Firstly, if you don't know him, he wants to be your father, your heavenly father. Will you be his child? He wants to be in relationship with you. And I think it goes two part. If you know him, Will you be his child? And will you let him be the father that he needs to be in your life? And if, if you're not allowing him to be the father that he needs to be in your life, if you know him this week, allow him to be the father. Jesus. Thank you, Lord.